welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. Wait, we're live? Oh, 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 hey, sorry about that, guys. It's almost like we waited three damn days for a race to get started. Finally, after three days of constant rain, we finally have the Texas race in the books, which means we have only one more race into the round of eight, and then we go in the championship four to see who's going to be crowned the 2020 Cup champion. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to... The Field Filler Podcast. Now, I don't know how many of you had the opportunity to watch the race. I wasn't able to. I had to watch some replays because I had Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday off, and I thought for sure I was going to be able to watch a race, but no, Mother Nature um, decided to spit mist in my face, literally, for 72 hours and said, sorry, buddy, you're just going to have to watch the replays. And out of all the racetracks, Texas Motor Speedway, you know, the the track that gets probably the most grief out of any other NASCAR track for as far as entertainment goes. At least with Atlanta, they have that history. Texas is just really despised by a lot of fans. And unfortunately for them, they're going to be one of the first ever races to be delayed till a Wednesday. But you know what? I have an interesting theory here, and that is NASCAR can predict the future. Now, this is what I mean by this. When I say NASCAR can predict the future, just think about what they were doing earlier in the year. They were doing a bunch of midweek racing, and a lot of people said that all the NASCAR drivers and pit crews would be too exhausted after that long stretch. Well, guess what? They did just fine because they knew that Texas would be such a turd in the playoffs that they knew that drivers and pit crews would have to be there for a very, very long time and have to suffer through that race. I mean, they thought ahead. They thought of it all. Congratulations to NASCAR on that one. You guys predict the future. But enough about all that. We got to look at the final results and see what the points look like going into the final race of the round of eight. It is time to look at the final results here at Texas Motor Speedway. Alright, let's get into it. The race that started on Sunday afternoon and ended on Wednesday night had 23 lead changes amongst 11 different drivers, a total of 8 cautions for 47 laps, an absolute battle on strategy and see who would get the advantage, but in the end it was Kyle Busch driving the Skittle Zombie Machine for Joe Gibbs Racing getting his first victory of the 2020 season. He makes me look like a fool because back in August I predicted he would not win a race in the 2020 season. He proved me wrong. I am an idiot once again. He gets his first victory of the 2020 season, and he keeps his 15-year streak going, getting wins every single year. Congratulations to Kyle Busch. He is your winner here at Texas. Finishing second was the highest finishing playoff driver, the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Also interesting note on him. We'll get back to that later. Finishing third is the highest finishing rookie, number 95 of Christopher Bell. Finishing fourth, we have the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing fifth, another playoff driver, the number 88 of Alex Bowman. Finishing sixth is the number two of Brad Keselowski. Finishing seventh, we have the number one of Kurt Busch. Finishing eighth is the number 21 of Matt Benedetto. Finishing ninth, we have the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. And rounding out the top 10, the number 22, last week's winner, 
Joey Logano. Finishing 11th, we have the number 3 of Austin Dillon. Finishing 12th is the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Finishing 13th is the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing 14th, another rookie, the number 41 of Cole Custer. Another rookie behind him in the 15th spot is the number 8 of Tyler Reddick. Finishing 16th, a rough race for the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. Finishing 17th, he won the first stage. He finishes 17th overall. That is Clint Boyer in the number 14 car. Finishing 18th is number 37 of Ryan Priest. Finishing 19th is number 6 of Ryan Newman. And finishing 20th and the worst finishing playoff driver, the number 9 of Chase Elliott. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 was Eric Jones in the number 20 machine. He finished third in the first stage, but just could not get any luck on his side. So he finishes 21st in this race. And drivers who finished 47th, 48th, and 49th in this race. Yes, that is right. Some drivers who started in a 40-car field actually got beat by other machines in this race to finish this far back. And that is Bubba Wallace, Matt Kenseth, and the number 27 at J.J. Yelly. How did they finish this far back? Because the Air Titans that drive the track for the last 72 hours ran more laps than these guys. These guys got into accidents, one by themselves, the other one ran to the grass, thought that would be a good idea, destroyed the living hell out of their cars. They finished worse than all the Air Titans that were at the racetrack. I know they ran more laps than them. In fact, they probably won stage one as well. I think that was a given to Clint Boyer because definitely that Air Titan number eight was definitely the star of the field in the first couple of days. But these three right here, absolute bums for having the Air Titans beat them in this race. Now let's look at the point stands here. Joey Logano's locked in, so no need to care about his points right now. Kevin Harvick sits in the second spot, 42 points above the cut line. He is almost a shoe-in to make it into Phoenix. In the third spot, we have Denny Hamlin, 27 points above the cut line, and then Brad Keselowski sitting 25 points ahead of the bottom four. Those bottom four happen to be the number nine of Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, who are both 25 points behind. Martin Trex Jr. in the number 19, who's 36 points behind. And then Kurt Busch in the number one machine, he sits 81 points behind. Basically, any of these four drivers, unless something happens to Brad Keselowski or Denny Hamlin, they have to win the Martinsville race. So it's going to be very interesting for these four drivers, but right now, it is clear a win is the only way to lock one of these guys into the championship four. Now to let's look at some highs and lows. The lows is, we all missed the race because it was delayed for 72 hours. I'm done talking about that. Congratulations to the Air Titans. They have gotten more laps in than the number 49 machine of Chad Fincham in the entire year. Moving on. Another low is Martin Trex Jr. failed pre-race inspection twice and actually had his rear spoiler cost him a few points as he was penalized for that. So that put him in such a tough predicament. So a little bit rough on him for that. Definitely in a must-win scenario regardless. But to see one of the playoff drivers do this is always kind of a little bit of a black eye for these guys. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to recover from that, no problem. I don't think this is going to damage his reputation like Clint Boyer did with his Spinderella situation back in 2013. No, 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 no. Martin Trex Jr., spoilers too high. He got fined, got penalized. We'll just move on and see how he does at Martinsville. Next one. The draft at a mile and a half track is absolutely boring. I know they were trying to say, look how exciting it is to do drafting. It's like Daytona and Talladega. Uh, no, it is not like Talladega and Daytona because they would actually be close together and they'd be passing left and right. Basically, what they have done here is that you have to completely rely on the draft. It doesn't matter how good your car is. If you're outside the draft, you're going to lose the spot. But here's the thing. It's going to be very impossible to pass and it's going to be single car drafting, which we all despise at Daytona and Talladega. So 
no, I do not like the drafting. Do not compare it to Daytona and Talladega because we all hate it and shouldn't belong on a mile and a half track. Some positives in this race was that a lot of the drivers that were competing for the victory, in fact, one of them won, were non-playoff drivers. It really wasn't much of the top eight in points that were running near the front. It was actually a lot of the guys who missed the cut after the last round of 12 and even some drivers who weren't even in the playoffs at all. I mean, look at the number 95 of Christopher Bell. In case you were wondering why they had that special paint scheme, this was the first race that Levine Family Racing ran back in 2011. They only ran six races that year, and this was the exact uh, paint scheme that they had. How about that to get a third place finish for that number 95 team? Excellent job for them. Give you a good old thumbs up. Great job for that team. That's a good send off for them. Other drivers who did really good was obviously Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Matt DiBandetto, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Those guys are no longer in the running, but they're still showing that, hey, we may not be here at the end of 2020, but look at us in 2021. We might be running for that championship once again. And they're kind of showing sponsorships and other team owners that, hey, we are still viable drivers. So that's what I really like about this. I'm glad they don't cut it off when um, they just had the playoff drivers. This is why they include those cars because they still have a quota to meet by the end of the year. They got to keep racing. And the last up I want to give is to all the pit crew members, the spotters, the haul truck drivers. They entertained us for the last few days with their musical horns that were going on in the parking lot, as well as their random videos that they were doing just trying to survive each day. That was a lot of fun to watch. Go on YouTube, go on Twitter, look up some of those pit crews. It was absolutely hilarious. But that is the end of Texas Motor Speedway. Now we got to move on to some bit of news as well as some Martinsville picks for this final race in the round of eight. COVID, COVID, COVID. That has been the number one word of 2020. And it affected another team at Texas, and it's also going to affect them at Martinsville. And that is the number 24 team after multiple pit crew members tested positive for COVID-19. The number 47 pit crew is going to help out the number 24 team on Martinsville on Sunday, but really quite bummer for this number 24 team. Hopefully they have them back for Phoenix, but they're running on a skeleton crew due to some COVID cases. Definitely the biggest news out of this week, and that is regarding Kyle Larson. If you remember Kyle Larson, he was suspended by NASCAR indefinitely over a racist slur that he said during an Easter race on iRacing. I can't remember the exact track. It was something Mazda. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. He got fired from Chip Ganassi, lost all his sponsorship. We thought he was going to be gone for quite a few years, maybe not even come back to NASCAR. He was going to try some different endeavors. Turns out he is coming back to NASCAR starting January 1st of 2021, and guess who he's going to be driving for? None other than Rick Henrik Motorsports in the number 5 machine in 2021. This is one of the biggest bit of news coming out of the 2020 season. A lot of people were speculating this when they realized that Eric Jones was going to be going to the number 43. Drivers were starting to line up in certain spots, but my goodness, if you told me right around the time he got fired that he would be with Rick Henrik Motorsports by in 2021, I would have said you were absolutely high. And the one guy who did nail it was Mechanical Manny. He told me the very next week, 
He said, watch, Jimmy Johnson's leaving, Kyle Larson's going to be coming in, and I'll tell you what, it's probably going to be that number five car because that was one of Rick Henrik's um, first ever cars that he drove in the NASCAR Cup Series. And my goodness, he was right. So, Mechanical Manny, hats off to you. Congratulations on that uh, call. That was just predicting the absolute future. You're the same with NASCAR on doing midweek races. Good job on that. But Kyle Larson is going to be with Rick Henrik Motorsports. And I'm really looking forward to this. He's he's made the right steps. I think a year away from NASCAR was really good for this kind of situation. I, I feel like that was right. And I feel like he's going to do really, really good with Henrik Motorsports. I think he can make the playoffs in the number five machine. He could potentially get a couple of wins. And him and Jeff Gordon have such, like, Jeff Gordon really likes Kyle Larson. So I think he's going to work really well here with Henrik Motorsports. Keep an eye on that number five team because he is going to do great in the 2021 season. Welcome back, Kyle Larson. You were missed by by a lot of NASCAR fans. Let's see how you do in 2021. Last story I want to cover on. It's not really too much of groundbreaking news like, oh my God, who would have saw this one coming? But the 23XI Racing is going to be running Toyotas and partnering with Joe Gibbs Racing. I thought this was already confirmed. Apparently it's not. Oh, by the way, Bubba Wallace is driving the car. We all knew about that. But they had to make sure that they told everybody. But they just released the paint scheme. It's a good-looking car. If you get an opportunity, make sure to either go to their website or to go on Twitter on Bubba Wallace's account. It's a really good-looking race car, and I'm pretty excited to see how this team will do in the 2021 season. All right, it is time to look at our fancy picks and see how they did for us. We didn't get to cover that earlier this week. We already know why. And for the most part, some of our drivers did really, really well, but there were some that really let us down. First being the number four of Kevin Harvick. I thought Texas was going to be a for sure 45-plus point race for him, and he only scored 22. And that's an absolute bummer. I'm not saying that Kevin Harvick should be forgotten from your fantasy. If you have one more pick, do not use him for Martinsville. I'd save him for Phoenix. He's going to bounce back. Don't worry. This was just a bad race for him. Joey Logano scored about 30 points. That's pretty good from a third or fourth pick. I thought he was going to do a little bit better, but 30 points is still really good to have on your roster. Ryan Blaney showed why he absolutely loves Texas and scored 46 points if you use him for this race. Awesome job by that. He really did pay you wonders. And then Kyle Busch, definitely one of the biggest um, grabs for this weekend, scoring 50 points with that victory. Kyle Busch was able to score way more than I thought he was going to do. I thought he was going to score a solid 40. I did not think he was going to get the victory. But hey, good job for that number 18 machine. If you include him on your roster, great job. Kurt Busch in the number one machine, only scoring 30 points. He needed a good race here. He didn't really have it. I'd say this is about average. Same with Joey Logano. About a third or fourth pick at best. Austin Dillon scoring 32 points. Hopefully you use him as a fifth pick. He did really well. He's been great at mile and a half. He's been a solid top 10 guy. He didn't quite get a top 10, but he still got some stage points. So good job for the number three team. Alex Bowman, another top five. He's been very, very consistent. We need him to get a victory in Martinsville if he wants to advance on. He might be a good option to put on your roster. He has 25 to 1 odds of winning that race. I, if you had to make a bet, I would go for Kurt Busch, who has the same odds as Alex Bowman. But Alex Bowman still should get a top I would use him in this race, maybe over Phoenix, but if you have him for both picks, use him for both races because he's going to be doing really good to wrap things up 
for the 2020 season. Next up was Chase Elliott. He absolutely choked in this race uh, with a flat tire right before stage two. Cost him deeply and cost us deeply with 21 points only in fantasy. Put him back on your roster if you still have one more pick for him. He's going to do good here in Martinsville. He's going to be going for the victory. Rick Henrik likes this racetrack. I think he could turn things around and maybe advance on in this race. And then we have Eric Amarola completely letting us down. I don't know what happened to him. He did get that damage from Bo Wallace early in the race, but... Gosh, Eric Amaral is usually a top 10 trustworthy guy, and at this point, I would almost put Ricky Stenhouse Jr. as being a more reliable guy than he is at this point. Then Martin Trex Jr. was the biggest winner at 53 points. Please include him at Martinsville. He will not let you down. I promise you he's going for that victory. Same with Chase Elliott. Those guys are going to be running in the top five, so make sure to put them on your roster and then lastly, Clint Boyer with that stage one win didn't really get a good finish, but he won the first stage, which gave him 33 points overall. Great job on him. He's going to do really well once again here at Martinsville. Wouldn't be a bad idea to include him as a fifth or sixth pick once again. And then the other two drivers that I didn't mention that should get a good recognition was Christopher Bell and Matt Bandetto, scoring 39 points for Christopher Bell and then 30 points for Matt Bandetto. These guys could also be some good fifth or sixth picks. If you're going to be putting uh, Clint Boyer in, I would stay away from these guys. But if you want to switch some people up, Matt Bandetto or Christopher Bell may be very good options. Now, looking forward into the Martinsville race, who are the best 10 guys to go with? Like I said, Martin Trex Jr., you want to keep him on. Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott. Those are three guys that would be really good options to put on. Same with Joey Logano and Kyle Busch. I think those are going to be your best five. Kevin Harvick, you can use him. He's going to get a top 10 finish. But if you only have one pick left, if you do have any, save him for Phoenix. I'm just going to stay on that one. Alex Bowman, he's going to be definitely your fourth or fifth pick at best. Same with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch might be actually a really good dark horse in this race. If you were putting money down, like I said earlier, Kurt Busch might be a good option. He may pay out dearly. If you were to put 20 bucks in, he could win you $500. The same with Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer does really, really good at this racetrack and Jimmy Johnson. Um, like I said, Jimmy Johnson kind of fits in the same category. He's just run out of complete luck. He's like Kyle Busch, except Kyle Busch can get a victory and Jimmy Johnson can't right now. And I feel like if he has any chance of running near the front in these next two races, it's going to be here at Martinsville for the number 48 machine. I would keep him as a fifth pick at best, if not use him as a sixth pick. Other than that, there's not too many options you want to go with in this race. Maybe Bubba Wallace would be a good one to add on, as well as Ricky Stenhouse Jr., but again, they kind of fit in the same category as Clint Boyer. If I was in your spot, and I still had at least one race for every single driver going up to this point, I would pick Martin Trex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, and Clint Boyer. I think those are the best six options to go with. I might exchange maybe Kurt Busch for Joey Logano because I don't think Joey Logano is going to be going for a victory in this race. He's just going to go for a solid finish. He's definitely going to go for broke at Phoenix. So if you only have one more pick for him, save him for the Phoenix race and maybe substitute him for Kurt Busch. Other than that, um, like I said, if you want to switch out Clint Boyer for Jimmy Johnson, Matt Benedetto, or Christopher Bell, I wouldn't mind that too much. I think Clint Boyer is the best option to go with in this race. If you still feel like Jimmy Johnson has one more uh, good race in him, then put him into this race. This is your best option. And those are my fantasy picks going into the Martinsville race. Let's see how we do. It's one more race in the round of eight. The season's almost over. Make sure to watch this race. It's going to be a damn good one here at Martinsville.
And that will conclude the final segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our little Halloween specials. I had a lot of fun doing them. I want to do some stories similar to that after the end of the 2020 season. Maybe focus more on field fillers or maybe see the rise and fall of some drivers. I might talk about Clint Boyer, Jimmy Johnson since this is their final year. I might be going in that area because it seems like quite a few of you guys really, really enjoyed that. So we might go that route in the off season. I will let you guys know here in the coming weeks. But like I said, Martinsville is coming up. If you're going to pick a race to watch, this is going to be the one. It's going to start at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. I don't think there's any weather in the area, so hopefully we get ourselves a full race on Sunday. Let's just pray for that. And above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>